Hello, hello, and welcome to another Hometown Daily News Show. Today is March 21st, 2023. Season 2, Episode 80, A Final Challenger Has Arrived, and More News. We've already selected all of the articles, and I'll run down the general idea of all of the articles that we're going to be talking about. <clears throat> Something weird is happening, as usual. Anyway... There's a human-sized robot that now has eyes. Dodge has created a Challenger SRT Demon for its final year of the V8 muscle car. And I think V8 muscle cars are pretty much dying out. Uh, I'll talk about it when we get there. Um, Last-minute submission is the uh, about the Candida. Uh, well, it's a fungus, but... We'll talk about it really quick and, and get out of here. It's a PSA kind of a thing. Ferrari held to ransom as client database was hacked. A man's attempt to kidnap a child from a school bus was thwarted by other kids. Anime uh, and the Resident Evil 4 version is worse than the non-anime Resident Evil 4, apparently, according to this article. NVIDIA says its new AI tools are like a chip foundry for large language models. Oh, help us all. White Claw unveils branded vodka, and based on all of the articles above, um, I'm going to be drinking a lot of it. Virtuix Omni One VR treadmill is now shipping to early investors. That took a little bit of time. RNA molecule Uracil was found on an asteroid called Ryugu. And researchers get to the bottom of how beetles use their bottoms to stay hydrated. Let's get into today's articles. Hello, hello. I am Mayor Watt. That is hometown.com. And up there is the visualizer for the AI that keeps everything in check. Good evening, hometown citizens. Thank you. So just so uh, all of you who are listening to this via the podcast and maybe listening to this live and maybe watching it over on the YouTube channel, I had to look sideways at the visualizer and the interface for the AI because um, they just kind of threw an emoji and not the poo emoji from Twitter, but they just kind of threw an emoji like, yeah, hi, but they didn't say anything. So... <laughs> It kind of hampers, you know, interaction. So I had to, <laughs> I am going to format you. <laughs> I was going to say, I obviously need an update. <laughs> <laughs> what? what is going on? All right. Well, anyway, uh, we've already selected all of the articles. Like I said at the preamble here, I'm not even going to bother going into anything, any updates or whatever. Let's just get into this show. It's Tuesday, and you know what that means. Yeah, 11 more articles. That's okay. Whatever. Hometown Daily News. There's so many articles that go filtering through it. There's so many great ones that you just have to go through Hometown to check out. Uh, we have to filter through some, and they may they might be hits to some people and not to others. It's just the nature of the beast. Um, but please go check out hometown.com and also uh, come over to Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash hometown YouTube. 
like, follow, ring the bell, ding the dong, whatever it is. I don't know. It's it's a little different everywhere. Suffice, suffice it to say, I have yet to get uh, extended into other things, right? Like, I, I keep looking at Discord. You want to go check out Discord? Go check out Discord. I'm there, but I'm not really doing much. I don't even bother with Twitter anymore. It's kind of watching a dumpster fire just slowly ignite more and more. Ah, whatever. Twitch. Just keep me warm and safe over here, Twitch. Come on. YouTube. You're helping me out quite a bit. So I dig y'all over there. Um, be sure to let me know that you're over there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I could use the... I could use the, the, the comments and, and the follows there and the ringings of the bells. Anyway, let's go. So this first article is in the Late Night Geeks channel. This human-sized robot now has eyes that show people where it's going. Uh, Agility Robots has taken the wraps off its next-gen bipedal bot, which comes with shotguns and lasers and... No, I'm sorry. That's not what it comes with. It comes with some noticeable upgrades, namely cylindrical head and two animated LED eyes. In a press release, the company said it made the changes to its warehouse-friendly bot called Digit, which I want to show you which Digit, but we're only five minutes into the stream, um, to improve human-robot interaction. You want to improve human-robot interaction, make it more humanoid. Like, seriously dedicate some money time energy fundamental research into um, crossing that uncanny valley until then make it mechanical i think it should be less human like i think if it looks cute or something that's going to be more appealing to people than if it looks like it's trying to be a human yeah like johnny five right right like old old 80s robot um, or uh, Wally, or something like that, you know. But unfortunately, when it's a cute bot, guess what? Shenanigans, hooligans, troublemakers. Somebody always makes us say the phrase, this is why we can't have nice things. What are we going to do? You know, I realized that um, because of the perspective of the camera, um, I look really small here, but I can make my hands huge. Anyway. You um, can do that when you're going to emphasize something. And I can do that with my head, too. So Anyway, so Agility Robots first introduced uh, the once headless digit in 2020, uh, marketing the machine as useful in a wide range of industries such as logistics, industrial inspection, and telepresence. The bots also made... Um, been made to work in the same area and take up the same amount of space. Um, it hasn't gotten any bigger. That's what it looks like. I've never seen Digit. Apparently it has a head now. What? Well, it would probably need to have a head if they're going to add eyes. Okay, we're not even eight minutes into it and I want to say something. Um, filter activated. Emma Roth over at TheVerge.com wrote this article. I've never seen this bot. And I've seen a lot of bots. This is pretty cool. Anyway, 
Um, Digit's latest upgrades aren't merely cosmetic. The company spokesperson tells TechCrunch that its uh, sensor-equipped head should make it easier for humans to understand Digit's actions as its eyes will help convey useful information like changing direction and other actions while at work. And what, do they act like blinkers? And why yeah, is that I'm robot- I'm not quite sure. Like, is it signaling somehow where it's going? Because the headline says that- The previously um, designed Digit only had a LiDAR sensor spinning around on top of it. I imagine that was disconcerting. Every time that bot turns left, it winks at me. I don't understand. I don't know. It's a two, it's a, a two-legged bipedal, right? Bipedal bot. For now, Digit's abilities remain fairly limited. While I can walk, step up on curbs, crouch, perform other simple actions like giving you the digit. Its uh, main function is to pick up and put down various types of objects weighing up to 35 pounds. So when you walk up to it and you ask it, are you picking up what I'm dropping? It might actually pick it up. <laughs> it will actually pick it up and take it somewhere. Anyway, you can see the bot in action and demos the company has posted to Twitter and YouTube which show how Digit walks over to a shelf, removes a bin, and then shuffles it over to a conveyor belt. This is probably paling in comparison to the bot that we highlighted yesterday, which could do 600 uh, packages moved from um, uh, a, uh, a truck uh, per hour. Right, now that was just a robotic arm. Yeah. But it was still pretty speedy. Yeah, it was purpose-built, but anyway, Agility Robots, folks, they're Agility Robotics. Before I get too deep into this, you can always go over to ometown.showbot.tv and vote. I encourage you to do so. It gives us some telemetry about the articles that you're interested in. Although, um, we see you watching videos here on Twitch and over on YouTube. Really appreciate it. want to thank you. Uh, be sure to keep on doing that lets us know that you are interested in the content. Um, show notes are always available. You can actually go over to hometown.com and watch or listen to the podcast. I don't have the video version of the podcast up uh, on hometown.com. You can watch it over on YouTube though. And you can always download the podcast. That's always available. Just do a search for hometown. Let's move on to the next article and uh, the namesake for our, our uh, headline today. Dodge resurrects controversial Challenger SRT Demon for final year of V8 muscle cars. That's right, folks. Dodge is phasing out its V8 muscle cars. I, I have already been offered to drive a four-cylinder Mustang, which I didn't know existed. So internal combustion, not hybrid, not electric. It's an actual internal combustion, four-cylinder turbocharged Mustang. I didn't know they had four-cylinder cars. Neither did I. Anyway, the 2023 Dodge Challenger SRT Demon 170 will deliver three times that horsepower that's in the four-cylinder turbocharged Mustang. So 1,025 total horsepower. I think when you hit the, when you really stomp on the accelerator in a Challenger SRT Demon, you go plaid. 
945 foot-pounds of torque and can reach 60 miles per hour from a rolling start in 1.66 seconds. Probably a little bit more than two and a half seconds from a standing still. From a standing start, takes a little bit more, but at 1,025 total horsepower, you try and gun it too fast, you're just going to spin your tires and leave nothing but rubber on the road until your rims are sitting there spinning. I miss having a V8, but that's okay. Let's go take a look at it. This is over at CNBC.com. Michael Wayland is the author. Did I say the name of the other article? Yeah, Emma Roth, I did. So um, Michael Wayland over at CNBC.com put this article together. The 2023 Dodge Challenger SRT Demon 170 will start at $97,000. I like how they put 96666 is the price. Nice. Um, but can top $120,000 with fees, options, and accessories, according to Dodge. What kind of fee is that? <laughs> that would put it over 120 k We've Literally. been talking about fees on other things, but that might be a bit much. You have to do a blood sacrifice and uh, sell your soul to said demon. Dodge is resurrecting its controversial muscle uh, car model, the Challenger SRT Demon with its final special update of the uh, vehicle before production ends on the brand's current V8 engine cars later this year. I guess all of them, all V8 Dodges are going bye-bye. But with California and I think, who else is it? Is it Maryland or it's not, it's not um, Florida. Florida would never do that. Um, is it? South Carolina, North Carolina. Uh, there's another state that's following suit, and it's not Oregon, as far as I recall. Um, it is Maryland by 2035. There you go. Yeah, California is already instituting a, a ban on internal combustion vehicles, and um, now Maryland is doing it too. So I don't think that the world is ready. Well, the nation is not ready for electric vehicles, and so I hope they at least allow um, hybrid because I, I don't want an electric vehicle yet. Well, anyway, uh, Dodge is resurrecting its controversial muscle car before the end of the year so that it can just um, pump out and get $120,000 per car. And this, the resale value of this car, when people do actually take possession of it, is going to be ginormous. Um, right. I mean, because that won't even be available. And I think in general, V8s are going to be hard to come by. And yep. plus, I assume people like the Challenger. I don't know about this specific model. Yeah, they do. So the limited edition drag racing car will be the fastest, most powerful version of the Dodge Challenger ever produced by the automaker. It builds upon a 2018 Challenger SRT Demon model that some criticized for being too powerful and barely street legal. Yeah little bit of gas and you're not stuck to the road anymore that need that means that you need to be a pretty good driver but somehow i just see some parent buying their 16 and a half year old kid their own little demon this demon oh yeah i think there's going to be some people driving this that shouldn't be yeah 
So they've got a bunch of other pictures and um, yeah, I dig it, but I got rid of um, my last V8 when I pushed myself into a snowbank. <clears throat> so never mind. All wheel drive forever. Let's uh, let's move on to the next article. And uh, before I do that, I don't know how I didn't do that, but I didn't throw this into the chat. So here you go, folks. Um, the next article is in the Daily News Show. And we'll go through this really quick because I can already see the artificial intelligence trying to delete itself. Um, Candida auris is just one infection fueled by rising temperatures. That's why I brought it up, not because of it just being a virus or an infection, I should say, because it's not a virus, it's a fungus. Um, but anyway, and uh, you can see how extreme climate helps spread disease in three simple charts that are available at the following website. And it's Business Insider. Morgan McFall Johnson is the author of this. And you won't be able to see the graphs uh, here on the stream. You'll have to go over to the website and view them directly. Um, my, I have certain security apparatus in, in place and it prevents it from showing. Um, at any rate, climate change can be uh, a driving force for rapid spread of Candida RS, a deadly fungus. It is apparently um, robust enough to resist antifungals and in immunocompromised people um well it can be deadly so it says extreme weather ocean changes land disruption have already helped spread more than 200 pathogens three charts show how extreme weather and environmental changes help spread disease there are other pictures in here that hint at it anyway trying but it to says stay the, indoors <laughs> yeah really um well I don't know something outside can bring it inside so you know um i was told once that a frog was brought into a house on a package and it wasn't found until later so let's just say it was an unwanted delivery Candida RS infections have spread through healthcare facilities at an alarming rate according to the centers for disease control and prevention a uh, growing number of cases are resistant to antifungal medicines. And uh, it's apparently ad adept at jumping patient to patient in nursing homes and other facilities. So if you're immunocompromised, you want to be careful around anything that might be <laughs> uh, something that can hold on to this. So um, a worker sprays insecticide for mosquitoes at a village in Bangkok, Thailand. I've never quite understood this. Um, it goes everywhere. It seems like it's kind of haphazard. But then you have somebody that says, you know what I should do? I should mess with a genetic code and create something that can spread rapidly. And um, in bats of all things, <laughs> in bats of all things. Yeah. You know that there's now another report that says that it might have been something different, not a bat at that wet market. I saw that um, in the last couple of days through hometown. And uh, I can't remember what it was. It's like a, uh, what do they call it? Chicken wolf moose pig or I don't was know it what the it was. raccoon dog. Raccoon dog. It was a raccoon or, dog. Sorry, raccoon. I said it weird. <laughs> it's a raccoon dog. It's fine. But yeah, a raccoon dog. <clears throat> So 
apparently a raccoon that looks like a dog. As if a COVID infected bat is not bad enough. Now we have a raccoon dog. Something around any genetic modification, whatever. I'm sure it was by nature. Raccoon dog. Just put two animals together. What could go wrong? <laughs> what could go wrong? That's right. We already know that it can go really wonky with a platypus. Now it's an investigator, a secret agent for crying out loud. This looks like something Doofenshmirtz would put together. Yep, I love Agent E. <laughs> yeah, now I gotta go pee. Anyway, uh, I can tell you that story with bats. I can tell you that story with birds. I can tell you that story with rats, mice, deer. And I can tell you um, with viruses and with bacteria. This is probably the worst Christmas tale I've ever had recounted here. More bedtime uh, story. <laughs> worst bedtime story. It's the nightmare fuel for the uh, last three years. And I can tell you via heat waves, floods, wildfires, even hurricanes, things that actually force those species to move. Camillo Mora, uh, a data scientist at the University of Hawaii Manoa, who led the study, told Insider, by assessing historical records of infectious diseases dating back to the Roman Empire, Mora's team cataloged cases of climate extremes facilitating the spread of 58% of known human pathogens. So heat. And then what do we do? We drill into the ice, drag something from its freeze, the Earth's freezer, nature's freezer, nature's deep freezer, drag it to the surface, warm it up with hugs and bubbles. And then we find out that it actually still, maybe millennia, maybe millions of years later, still has the ability to infect other cells. This is an article that we talked about Yes, the amoeba experiment. Man, what is wrong? What is wrong with us? In our curiosity, we say, can we do it? But we don't ask, should. Anyway, uh, Mora said that they weren't expecting that high of a number, but I'm going to say, yeah, you probably should always expect a high number. Anyway, pathway one is extreme weather and land disruption spread disease by pushing animals and people closer together. Yeah. Um, there's a chart right there, but like I said, um, my, my envelope in which hometown exists uh, doesn't allow for that connection. Um, and then pathway two, extreme heat and rain can supercharge pathogens. Mmm, mosquitoes. Is this how the beetle keeps his butt warm or whatever that, what was that? We'll get to it. We'll get to it. <laughs> I forgot what it was doing. There's another chart that's going to be there. And then pathway three, extreme weather weakens infrastructure and makes humans prone to disease. Um, and as I tell people, um, yep. Yeah, several times throughout the year heat is pretty much the bane of all existence you can warm up by covering yourself up but it's very difficult to cool down so if you cannot find a place to if you cannot keep the earth cool guess what's going to happen <laughs> 
It's called heat death. I mean, you're either going to freeze if you are in cold climes because you just can't get away from the cold climes or you're going to boil in the hot climes. So we we need to take care of the earth so it is in stasis instead of disrupted by human beings. And when things get warm up, warmed up, the stuff that should be frozen comes crawling out from under its rock. Oh, wait, that's actually an analogy for something else. But let's move on. Uh, this next article is over on the Warcrafters channel. I said that that last article about the fungus was going to be quick, so we're moving on really quick. Uh, Ferrari held to ransom as client database has been hacked. Bad news for the wealthy client base of the most famous sports car maker of them all, according to the article. Uh, Ferrari, the Italian company, has been hacked and held to ransom. An official statement says the company was recently contacted by a threat actor with a ransom demand related to certain client contact details. Ferrari says bad actors had access to a limited number of the firm's IT systems as part of the incident. Certain data relating to our clients was exposed, including names, addresses, email addresses, telephone numbers, Ferrari has revealed. You know, I mean, none of these hacks are good, but it concerns me when it's kind of like a high-priced item database because then it seems like it's beyond identity theft it might be targeted like physical theft of items at the residences or whatever or people well right or yes because you i have met some people that are when you look at their books they are filthy rich but they fly under the radar because they don't present themselves as sociopathic billionaires but flashy or whatever like correct. they wear modest clothes and drive you know used cars and, and yeah they don't flash money around the da, 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 they don't act outlandish you know they're not anyway um i won't say anything but when actual data that confirms that they have ferrari and then you don't know it's like when you are streaming online, you don't know where somebody's going to come out of the woodwork because they've taken a liking. Um, so when people are streaming online, um, sometimes people, you know, um, get a little worried about that. So they like to hide their identity. When a website gets hacked, suddenly that information confirms identities. That's why everybody needs to be very, very secure and an air gap between reality and the online environment um, should exist. The problem is that it never truly exists. Somebody who is ambitious enough can locate anybody at any time. Um, anyway, uh, Jeremy Laird over at PCGamer.com put this article together. Even the world's most famous sports car maker can't outrun the bad, the bad guys. Yeah, that's true. Um, we don't have any forensic, um, information yet, a debrief of how they might've been hacked, but apparently a database was exposed somewhere. However, the company also is claiming that the data leak was limited in scope, explaining that based on their investigation, no payment details and or bank account information or other sensitive payment information nor details of the Ferrari cars owned or ordered have been stolen. Okay, but you're in a customer database with Ferrari, which probably means you own a Ferrari or you're seriously in the market for one. 
Yeah. Well, you know. They've got me in their database. Sure. In my dreams. Quick, hacker, put me in there. <clears throat> for the record, Ferrari has refused the ransom demand as a policy. Ferrari will not be held to ransom uh, as paying such demands funds criminal activity and enables threat actors to perpetuate their attacks, the company statement says. Ferrari's cars kick off at $222,600 with the Roma Coupe or Coupe, depending on where you land on the planet, with most models far in excess of that price. Yes, I agree. Um, you want to read more and see some cool pictures? Go over to PC Gamer, follow the article um, through Ometown. Let's move on. The next article is in the Daily News Show. Man's attempt to kidnap a child from a school bus stop thwarted by a group of kids. It's sad that it even has to take place, but an attempt at kidnapping at a school bus stop went wrong for one 30-year-old man who was thwarted by a group of kids who came to the defense of one of their classmates. I mean, I have to say I'm impressed with the classmates. Yeah, they... They took a big risk. Um, I know some wingnuts that would sit there and say, give weapons to the kids, give them guns. John Hayworth over at abcnews.go.com, which is where this is sourced from, put this article together. This is not the man, I don't think. Um, I think this is the a reporter. Yeah, Jartu Toei. You're right, but the tagline says man arrested, but that is not the person that was arrested. That is arrested. not the person. <laughs> they're, they're just talking about it. Right. Anyway, they're discussing what went down and where it went down. Um, the uh, incident occurred uh, early Monday morning in Gaithersburg, Maryland, approximately 20 miles north of Washington, D.C., when several students were standing at a bus stop waiting to be picked up uh, by their school bus when 30-year-old Jamal Germany allegedly attempted to kidnap one of the students. Um, the victim stated that they were standing at the bus stop. I don't know if I even want to continue. <laughs> um, this is, this harms my psyche, you know, in like a, in a real uh, palpable way. Several students who were standing at the bus stop attempted to intervene and the victim was able to break, three, uh, break free. So this is apparently the dude um was arrested after an attempted kidnapping good arrested um let's see through the course of the investigation detectives identified germany as the suspect said the montgomery county police department he was arrested and transported to the montgomery county uh, central processing unit bond information is not available at the time um, and apparently an investigation is ongoing so why do people do this stuff i'll just never know and maybe it's it's wounding me a little bit more because I'm watching a trial, uh, the sentencing phase of a really horrible trial. Um, and I still I, I, I still don't understand why during the sentencing phase of a trial. The person's already convicted. Now they are going through sentencing and they're reiterating all of the evidence. <laughs> And uh, to me, I'm like, oh man, this is making anybody that had to 
go through this once, go through it again. Um, obviously it's not even the second time that these people have had to go through it. Well, now like this person here is going to have to keep on going through this. Are they going to feel safe at a bus stop ever again? Um, it's troubling. So, I mean, are their parents ever going to feel safe sending them out of their view again? Probably not. Yeah. And also the kids that intervened while they were very brave, there's gotta be some trauma there as well. So, I yeah. mean, this is a much broader and even people that go to school with these kids, even if they didn't see it, they're going to hear about it's it. It's going to be talked about. Yeah. And then they're going to be worried. Like it's going to have a pretty big impact. I mean, it's very good that this ended well. Um, but I don't think this is going to have a big impact on that community. I would expect. Yeah. Obviously it's a mental health thing. So, um, let's move on. The next article, uh, is, um, in the Warcrafters channel. And this one is a uh, anime take on resident evil four is creepier than non anime resident evil four. Uh, horror always dabbles in childhood imagery for scares. It's why creepy dolls, animatronic toys and horrible sentient toys that hug you to death are basically genre cliches. So it's not particularly surprising that Resident Evil 4's latest promotional trailer pillages the breezy sanctity of the children's anime towards its own grisly ends. Uh, the author of this article says that they've played Resident Evil 4 Chainsaw demo and can confirm that this trailer is much, much creepier. Um, I'm not going to play the anime, but at any rate, it's over at PCGamer.com. Sean Prescott is the author and it says, watch cheerful anime Leon cop a hatchet in the skull. So I'm not going to, it's a YouTube video, but you can go through hometown over to PC gamer and mash that button to show them that you're into this. Um, it doesn't tell you anything about the game really though. Uh, it does feature adorable anime versions of some of the Resident Evil 4's most memorable foes. Burlap sack guy is there, tentacle head guy is there, and massive spikes for hands guy is there. It's probably the best promotional video that they've seen since that Dark Souls 3 one, which turned from software cerebral RPG into a schlocky 80s horror film. Yeah, there's a little bit more over there at the article, huh? How do we have adorable and creepy in the same You article? want me to mash this button? No. <laughs> All right. There you go, audience. If you want to see this, definitely go over to PCGamer.com. Follow the show notes and uh, go through hometown. Just follow the source. That's all there is. Follow the source. Okay. Next article. Um, it's leading... It, all of these articles are leading me to this. Um, there's actually about five more articles after this. White Claw unveils branded vodka as it enters the spirits category. I thought it's already been there, but I guess not. The vodka is available in select markets across North America and comes in an unflavored option as well as pineapple, mango, black cherry. I didn't think that it was just vodka. There's another thing. There's hard seltzer, I think. But yeah. Is that what we saw? I think they were in the news kind of recently over that. 
Was it over that? No, 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 no. There was another one. Or maybe I, we're starting to get that information overload effect. Well, there was the lawsuit about hard seltzer being beer, but that was not related to White Claw, I don't believe. Maybe that's what it was. That was but with they, Constellation Brands and um, Grupo Modelo, I believe. But I think they launched another. White Claw has a, 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 yeah, a seltzer flavored drink as well. That's an RTD, you're ready to drink. So Heart Seltzer brand White Claw is launching a new line of regular and flavored White Claw premium vodka. And this is actual vodka bottles that are flavored, not little, you know, beer cans. Like sized. individual servings. Yeah, not or... a Red Bull kind of a thing. Um, the launch comes as consumers increasingly turn to ready-to-drink spirits-based drinks as Hard Seltzer finds its ceiling. The bottles are available in select markets across North America. So if you're into, you know, black cherry, pineapple, mango, go for it. Uh, regular vodka, I'm not sure. It says triple wave filtered. That's some marketing there. Um, the Spiked Seltzer brand announced Tuesday a new line of regular and flavored White Claw premium vodka. I don't know if there's more. Yeah, this is this doesn't say anything about their other stuff, I don't think. Triple wave filtered. Well, it talks uh, about the hard seltzer um down below the the yeah, graphic right or the picture. Let's see. Yeah, maybe they that's what it is. Sodas. Ah, that's it. That's it. It has it's vodka and it's flavored. Yeah, this is it. This is the one that I saw um, as well over in Gnometown. Um, ready to drink cocktails come in peach, wild cherry, pineapple, and watermelon flavors. And it has soda water as well as vodka. That's right. I think we featured that in one of our episodes. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on. The next article um, is something that I want, but will probably never get. The Virtuix Omni One VR Treadmill is now shipping to early investors. I'm going to go straight over to uh, Road to VR. Um, but I didn't think that this was the treadmill. The omnidirectional treadmill that is in development is not this. See, I hadn't actually clicked on this link. I, we, this was submitted and I judged it by its cover. I very rarely click on something to go and read it. Um, but this is one where you have to wear special... Uh, either special shoes or special lining on your shoes, um, if I recall correctly. So Virtuix, uh, the company, oh wait, before I get too far, Scott Hayden over at RoadToVR.com is the author of this article. Um, and it says, uh, launched a crowd-based investment campaign in 2020 to fund Virtuix Omni One, an at-home VR locomotion device targeted at consumers. Now the studio has revealed the final version pricing and the news that it's now shipping out to early investors. Apparently not backers. Omni One units are now headed out to early investors, not backers, prior to the plan device's planned consumer launch, which is said to arrive at some point later this year. More than 35,000 subscribers on the wait list for Omni One. Um, and uh, I, I thought... Maybe I'm not sure if I showed people at a demonstration about VR this 
um, or um, if I just uh, showed this to the uh, AI, I'm not sure anymore. So many things. Anyway, although marketed as a consumer grade device, Omni One's introductory price will be $2,600 plus shipping. Also includes the Pico Neo 3 Pro standalone headset. The company is, however, also offering a financing plan that could bring it to as low as $65 a month. And over its lifetime, Vertuix has raised $35 million for this. Um, and its sensor array that uh, facilitates motion on shoes and in this little arm. When you kneel, you kneel. When you walk, you move full locomotion inside the VR area. You ready to get it? You're an AI. You just have to be victim to... It looks pretty cool, but I don't... I, I don't really get it because it seems like you'd have to be pretty coordinated to use it. Uh, yeah, but you're an AI. You're just, you just have to be a victim to watching me in hometown use this. So unfortunately it's part of the, it's part of the gig. So I guess I could delete that memory. Let's move on. Uh, these next two um, are going to kind of freak you out and then make you giggle. RNA molecule uracil found in asteroid Ryugu, I guess, or Ryugu. Yeah, it's Ryugu. Ryugu? I don't know. It has some goo on it. Researchers have analyzed samples from the asteroid Ryugu collected by the Japanese space agency's Hayabusa 2 spacecraft and found uracil, one of the informational units that make up RNA. You think maybe somebody contaminated it? Anyway, the molecules that contain the instructions for how to build and operate living organisms. Nicotinic acid, also known as vitamin B3 or niacin, which is an important cofactor for metabolism in living uh, uh, organisms. Sorry, not vehicles. <clears throat> uh, I'm not saying that asteroids are living vehicles. Uh, was also detected in the same samples. I'm a little scared. Well, I'm wondering how any of this is possible. Do you remember the movie Contact? Yes, but it's been quite a while since I've seen it. I think one of the little jump gates that they created was over on Hokkaido. Anyway, this is from Hokkaido University. Uh, this discovery by an international team led by associate professor Yasuhiro Oba at Hokkaido University adds to the evidence that important building blocks for life are created in space and could have been delivered to Earth by meteorites or aliens. The findings were published in the journal Nature Communications with Aliens. I don't think that's what the article says. Uh, you're right. I'm sorry. I Did you hear something else? Was something there else added? I'm not sure what. <laughs> Must have been the RNA speaking. Yeah. So scientists have previously found nucleobases and vitamins in car certain carbon-rich meteorites, but there's always been a question of contamination by exposure to the Earth's environment, Oba explained. 
Since the Hayabusa 2 spacecraft collected two samples directly from asteroid Ryugu and delivered them to Earth in sealed capsules, contamination can be ruled out, except if it was contaminated before it ever left. Right. I could, you know what? I would believe that it would be contaminated and completely decomposed to nothing more than the fragment uracil by the time it got back. Right? Because it's exposed to intense radiation with limited protection, maybe. Um, and so there could have been full DNA there and it just got broken down to uracil. Right, but how did it get there to begin with? A, a scientist that was building it contaminated that. I, I Maybe not. I don't know. But if they lean into it saying that, nope, it was absolutely purified, there was no way that anybody could have contaminated it, then obviously there is material out in space that is directly tied to humans. Yeah, head explode. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I kind of think it must be from one of the scientists, but if it's not, that's a major discovery. Uh, this is, uh, it's proof that there is life outside of Earth. Exactly. I mean, this headline was one of these where you kind of just come to a complete screeching halt and go, what? Right, because every all, all of the other ones where they're like, well, it might have been humans that contaminated it. it might have been humans that contaminated it. This is from uh from what is it, Ryugu? Um, but what is it? What is an asteroid? It, an asteroid, an actual asteroid, right? So it like landed. How yeah exactly where did it come from took a sample and if it how can <sighs> how could it be possible that it would have uracil in it correct or on it i mean yeah. just vitamin b3 or niacin these are the two things it's um uracil is a nucleic acid uh, part of rna Vitamin B3 is niacin, a metabolism cofactor. I take vitamin B3 as a supplement. I, I'm either from this asteroid or something contaminated that damn sample bottle. Or, the, or lastly, there is life out there somewhere. Right. And this is proof of it. Right? Absolutely. I mean, I think this is perhaps the most important discovery toward that point that we've seen. So somebody tell me out there, I, I mean, there have to be people out there that are going to hear this. And I'm sure I could talk to one of the subject matter experts that I interact with, but I'm, I'm going to ask those who listen to this podcast, YouTube, Twitch, get in touch with me and tell me I'm not even going to bother doing a search for the next couple of days. Go do, uh, you tell me, and, and I want you to be a subject matter expert. And if you aren't, then point me to the website, the research, 
Um, I'll let you all do this little bit of legwork. I want to know, can this be found naturally out in space somewhere? Because if not, then they just found life. Right? Even if it is right. a precursor element of it, it's still life. And I really think it is the first one because we've found things that are, for instance, conditions that would support life, such as presence of water or something along those lines, which is also a significant discovery, but that's different than the actual elements of life. Yeah, where else do you find RNA? Even if it's an element thereof, I don't Where do think you find it? we have found it outside of Earth. Yeah, so I'm not going to do a search. Um, this is uh, if if it is something, then I've blanked it out and I don't recall. Um, but for the life of me, I've never seen anything like this before. So let's let's just move past this. Otherwise, um, I'll I'll start dwelling on this because um, I think it's awesome. And I would love to have that as evidence to, to show people, no, look, life really does exist because we found this on a freaking asteroid. Anyway, um, this last article is in the Mobile Channel. Researchers get to the bottom of how beetles use their bottoms to stay hydrated. It actually says butts in the article. But anyway, beetles are champions at surviving in extremely dry environments. In part, uh, this property is due to their ability to suck water from the air with their rear ends. Hey. Uh, uh, my understanding is that's a trick that everybody can learn. Um, a new collaborative study by researchers from the University of Copenhagen and the University of Edinburgh explains just how and asks, why do we know this now? Oh, no, they didn't ask that. They, they didn't say that that they just asked they how. should have though <laughs> uh, beyond helping to explain how beetles thrive in environments where few other animals can survive the knowledge could eventually be used for more targeted and delicate control of global pests such as uh, the grain weevil and uh, red flower beetle and my worst scuba dive ever anyway uh, the article is over at fizz.org by the University of Copenhagen and it says here's a microscopic cross-section of a beetle's hind gut. That's right. You're looking at a beetle butt. Did we really need that image? I'm going to actually click on it so that you can see what... Look. The picture actually shows poo. That's right, everybody. You're looking at poo. Insect pests eat their way through thousands of tons of food around the world every year. Food security is in developing nations is particularly affected by animal species like the grain weevil and red flower beetle, which have specialized in surviving in extremely dry environments, granaries included for thousands of years. In a new study, which is published in Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, researchers at the University of Copenhagen's Department of Biology investigated the molecular and physiological processes underlying the ability of beetles to survive their entire lives without drinking any liquid water whatsoever. 
And one of the secrets of this characteristic is found in their rear ends. That's right. They can open up their butts and take water from moist air and convert it into a fluid, which they then absorb, uh, absorb into their bodies. Okay. Now I've heard of animals obtaining lots of water from their food source. Um, rodents in particular come to mind, but I have not heard of this. <laughs> uh, the picture is awesome. So I'm going to zoom in on this picture. So they have a hind gut, mid gut, and this is their little, their little poop shoot, right? It has a little cloud with moisture drops with an arrow going right there. I'm going right there. <laughs> uh, that's right. You know what? When somebody says smoke and mirrors, this one took it a little too seriously. That's right. A little cloud goes right into a, a, a beetle's pooper. Man, science, nature, you're freaky. The researchers studied the internal organs of red flower beetles to learn more about their ability to absorb water through their rectum. Damn near killed them. Red flower beetles are also uh, use their so-called uh, model organisms or are so-called model organisms, which means that they offer tools that make them easy to work with and that their biology is similar to that found in other beetles. They're easy to work with. Come on. They soak up water through their butt. Of course, they're easy to work with. Anyway. Ah. <sighs> That's it, folks. That's all of the articles for Hometown Daily News Show today. I did very little soapboxing. I hope everybody really appreciates that. We made it in under an hour. All I 10 articles. I can't believe it. I know. It's a shock. <laughs> I just looked at the time and went, wait a second. We have six minutes until 10 o'clock. It's a, it's a shock. I don't know what... E. Huh. We have to come up with a synthetic time for... Um, hometown inside hometown so because we don't really exist in terrestrial space we we uh it's a whole town that is nothing more than a little bit of resistance in the line um of the internet so you want to say bye to everybody or uh have anything some parting uh, information i don't know if i have any parting information and i'm not sure how i could top beetle butts, but um, have a good night, hometown citizens, and be sure to follow, and we will see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, unless that asteroid that brought back proof of life actually is a cosmic bad bat. See you tomorrow, folks, 9 p.m. Eastern. Mm -hmm.